starting today's session with Daniel Kuyper-Lenore, founder and general partner of Speed Invest. Daniel, welcome to the show. Well, um, pleasure, pleasure to be here, Romana. Thanks for the invitation. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. So, Daniel, let's start by getting you acquainted with our community. Tell us about you, your investment focus, about the firm, how big is the fund, what kind, what size checks do you like to write? Just, just get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, thank you. So, um, Speed Invest is a um, venture fund out of Vienna uh, focusing on pre-seed, seed, early stage into Series A. Uh, we are doing uh, digital only, uh, so we're digital pure play, um, but within digital we are more or less agnostic. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to investment topics, um, our typical tickets, entry tickets are around 500k in the first round. Um, we can invest a total of up to 3 to 5 million uh, per startup mm -hmm. over several rounds. Uh, however, entry tickets uh, range from one, as little as 100k to up to almost a million. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we look into practically asset everything, but uh, doing this since uh, 2011 now, we are in our third fund generation uh, that we invest from. In total, we manage 230 euros, million euros uh, assets in the management. Uh, we are just raising a new fund this year, um, mm -hmm. again, staying with the same strategy. Uh, Pre-seed, seed, and early stage, digital pure play, pan-European. So okay. our current portfolio across uh, the, the four funds that we currently manage um, is uh, more than 120 investments uh, across 23 countries, ranging, say, from Portugal up to the Baltics, from the UK down to Israel and Turkey. Uh, selectively, we go beyond Europe, uh, so we have uh, just uh, we have two direct investments in the U.S. We have one in Brazil, uh, one in Russia, one in Ukraine, which we actually consider Europe. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, the lion's share of the portfolio uh, origins from German-speaking Europe, which is a natural thing uh, given us uh, starting the firm back here in Vienna. Um, but um, German-speaking portfolio is uh, about just about half uh, of the portfolio, okay. and uh, it, the, share, the share is decreasing um, uh, to the benefit of non-German-speaking Europe countries. So you do both so, B2B um, and B2C, Daniel? We do, we do. However, our own entrepreneurial DNA uh, is from B2B business, uh, so the core team that funded Speed Invest, uh, uh, founded Speed Invest back in 2011, uh, it's been a, a team of six, including myself, uh, we ran a, a, a mobile messaging business, uh, which in 2006 uh, we sold uh, to Verizon. Um, and so our own entrepreneurial DNA is uh, digital B2B enterprise, uh, but still we look into um, consumer and e-commerce and B2C. However, it's very selective. Um, we can probably dip into some, some, some cases, which I'm happy to elaborate a bit later on. But the bigger part of our portfolio is in B2B, but don't be shy, uh, showing us uh, a good B2C cases, which has recently 
uh, tapped into the e-scooter business uh, in Europe. Um, we are invested in the world market leader in spirit e-commerce. So typically mm -hmm. we go for uh, either momentum cases like um, the scooter business or so, so non-obvious things that have been overlooked by the, the VC herd. Uh, where you can uh, get in early at reasonable terms, um, work with the entrepreneur for the first um, one to two and a half years a bit under the radar to really get the company in shape and then break it out in a, in, in, in a meaningful Series A uh, that they will raise in the range of two, uh, three to ten million, um, typically from, uh, from European uh, follow-on VC funds such okay. as uh, Atomico Index and others. So let's um, actually double-click down on your portfolio. And, and what I would like to do in the next segment is have you take us through when these companies came to you, in what shape did they come to you, what stage, and what is it about them that attracted you enough for you to make the investment? So what I'm trying to do here is to familiarize our community with your thought process. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm glad to. So, um, typically we uh, we try to be, uh, say, the first institutional investor coming on the cap table. However, we don't see ourselves as a typical institutional uh, because uh, we uh, we run a very specific model which differs significantly from the standard uh, 220 VC model. Um, say. A partner managing 50 million, uh, supported by uh, two to three principals and uh, double the number of analysts and, and, and associates. Um, our model is different. Um, as I said, we manage 230 million. Uh, currently, we're doing this with a team of 50, five zero people, spread in wow. offices uh, in chronological order of the opening: Vienna, San Francisco, Munich, Berlin, London. So mm -hmm. we run a San Francisco office ever since from day one. Back in 2011, we already had a, a third of a team uh, full-time based uh, on partner level in San Francisco. That team over there typically helps us in bench screening and benchmarking deal flow. So when we like identify a company over here in Europe, uh, we quickly show it to our U.S. partners and see if this idea um, get them going in a way uh, or is not exciting to them. And once the company is on the portfolio, the U.S. office uh, helps a lot with um, uh, fleshing out the U.S. go-to-market strategy. Um, also, and in a later stage when they're approaching the later funding rounds, uh, they do a great job when it comes to presenting those companies and, 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 and pre-qualifying uh, potential follow-on investors and, and make sure the entrepreneur uh, has only uh, to do uh, those meetings that are worthwhile attending and we try to spare him from all those empty kilometers that typically are uh, are there when you go on out on a fundraise campaign. So um, at what stage are the companies approaching it? As I said, we are trying to deploy a first ticket of 500K. This implies, of course, um, uh, a valuation in the range of, say, 2 to 5 million euros which per definition is seed. Uh, so a company in seed is definitely pre-product market fit. Um, this is at least our understanding from the European perspective. Um, we like to see companies pre-product market fit. However, they should have at least 
uh, a prototype working or first POCs, not necessarily commercial POCs, but at least productive POCs where uh, industry um, corporates are taking on the software, uh, running it at least in an, in an internal test environment, uh, speaking for the B2B space. Um, and we regard ourselves, the role for ourselves as helping the company move as quickly towards product market fit. Because um, mm -hmm. uh, we, we try to get in between minimum viable product uh, aligned and product market fit not totally reached yet. Some signs there, but can be false positive. So our job is together with the entrepreneur take his product, bring it together to the market, um, work on the positioning, um, and maybe uh, run through a pivot together with him or her. Um, and all we do is, is, is pointing uh, to the, uh, to the uh, target of getting the company Series A ready. This means mm -hmm. um, shaping out the product, uh, testing the market, winning some first customers together, uh, maybe in, if it's in, in SaaS business, bring them over into the renewal phase of the contract with as little churn as possible. Take together our, uh, the entrepreneur enough, take the learnings out of the market, uh, re, uh, refine the product, um, stock up the team. Um, typically, uh, entrepreneurs pitch to us in the first moment where in a good deal of cases, the team is not complete. However, of course, the core team, the driving force, the entrepreneur is there, but clearly uh, the SVP level is not. Uh, maybe even there are some blanks in the, in, in the C-level founder team as well, which we then uh, running our own uh, HR units, helping our portfolio to recruit, trying to fill those blanks, getting the team complete, the product in shape, the market tested, um, and then with those signals from the market with um, reducing sales cycles, increasing order volumes, uh, and all those things that tell us that the company is about to approach product market fit. And in, in, in terms of a SaaS business, this is the, the, uh, the famous 100K MRR number. Um, that, that should be clearly in sight. However, we start fundraise to, with our, for our portfolio companies, the A round, when they like, get past 60 to 80K MRR with a clear path to crack the 100 uh, within the mm -hmm. next one or two latest two quarters. Um, just for one example, we had one company in the portfolio in the ad tech space, also an area that is not so much in fashion with uh, the VC industry uh, very recently. But still, you can find um, super talented teams. The market is still large and growing. And as in the, in the recent, say, three to five years, it probably was all about analytics. Uh, in, nowadays and in the coming two years, it's going to be all about data quality because all that AI and ML stuff will never work if the data quality is not there. It's, it's not just about quantity. Quality is just as important. So, um, for example, take the whole um, mobile installment um, download business uh, for apps and games and entertainment, also utility apps you have. Uh, all those fake downloads there, they're all, all coming to the top end of the funnel of all those analytics programs, and they then process the dirty data. This is completely worthless. Yeah. Uh, you make sure that the data is, is clean, and with clean data, you can, only with clean data, you can, you can extract um, uh, insights that are truly useful to, 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 to really grow a business. What and, percentage and is that portfolio, Daniel? 
Uh, what percentage of your portfolio is B2B SaaS? Um, probably a third to a half, at least, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the rest, uh, what percentage of the rest is B2B still? Um, well, there are other uh, increasing. So we just recently um, detected the investment topic of um, industrial tech. So like uh -huh. startup the software for, for, for industrial appliances, which is not necessarily SAP because these are large enterprise contracts uh, where you like do one contract that, that pays you 500 to a million ARR and you do two of those contracts a year. This is not the classical SAP model. That's not even in, if you take that. Um, that, that, that uh, but if it's a subscription uh, fee, does analogy from, from, from at least in Silicon Valley, it is. There are a lot it, of enterprise SaaS companies of, of, in Silicon Valley. Of, 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 of course, um, it, it is. Um, if you put it all together, um, the compartment B2B and SaaS, that, that's typically, two, I would say, two-thirds of the portfolio. Okay. So no, this, um, is, this is clearly the, the, the... Yeah. So can yeah. you comment on what are the trends in Europe in the, that domain, in whether it's B2B, SaaS, enterprise uh, software, uh, subscription-based enterprise software, what are the trends and what is, if you were to highlight what is Europe's unfair advantage today in that domain, what would you say that is? Um, I would say that clearly uh, in that space, which is dubbed AI and ML. Um, mm -hmm. um, big data, AI, ML, it's all kind of a, these are all related, related terms. Uh, of course, all, all, they all have their, their individual face, but um, I think this is a space where Europe uh, can have an edge globally. Um, of course, the, the competition is is, uh, is 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 awake, and especially when you when you look um, to the Far East, China, uh, Japan, Korea, especially China, uh, they will have their stake. But where um, Europe can really make, uh, where Europe can really differ is when it comes to startups that cater to what makes the European economy work. And the typical European economies are run by manufacturing and financial services. Um, mm -hmm. There's not that many large uh, consumer brands. Of course, there is uh, a single, but consumer, I would say, in the U.S. is a much more uh, important thing, also due to the fact that it's such a large common market, one language, one currency, uh, more or less um, a similar mindset, whereas in Europe you have to deal with kind of 15 languages, uh, several currencies, um, taxation, and this of course um, to B2B and SaaS, this makes not such a big difference, but in consumer it does make a difference. Um, you have to address every single country's consumer base with its own narrative uh, language. Um, it comes down to such simple things as like when you like here, live in Austria, and you call customer service um, mm -hmm. of whatever product, can be a software startup or um, for day-to-day -day use, and there's someone picking up the line not speaking your dialect, that feels strange. It, it, it still does. Even mm -hmm. if it's a German-speaking, native-speaking person, 
that comes from the other end of the German-speaking area, it, it feels totally weird. And this, mm -hmm. is, this is simply a fact that, that one trying to do consumer in Europe um, has to bear in mind. It's totally not an issue uh, when it comes to enterprise. And this paired with the fact that it is our strong belief that the European entrepreneurs, um, engineers, not the enterprise, the engineers, are uh, heads up with uh, the, the, the good uh, engineers all over the world. We experienced this ourselves when we sold our company back then. Um, so like we, um, we strongly believe in, in, in European uh, engineering talent. What it lacks in direct comparison to especially the U.S. is probably that, that, that market-centric thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of what we see as our task in in working together with uh, the tech entrepreneur, in educating uh, them on, on how to bring products to the market and, 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 and apply design thinking out of the perspective of the user and consumer. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to switch a little bit the line of questioning. There's one topic that I want to explore with you, which is very much uh, in line with what you're saying about the European market and its in a relative fragmentation due to language and culture and the country, mm -hmm. you know, country boundaries and so forth. Um, you know, in, in Silicon Valley or in the U.S. market, in the Chinese market, and even in India right now, there is uh, this kind of traditional venture capital. Every deal has to be a billion-dollar TAM. Uh, every you know, investment has to go from zero to hundred million dollars in five to seven years. Yes. This kind of thinking, the unicorn thinking, is prevalent. But um, given the fragmentation that you're describing in Europe, I imagine there are lots of opportunities for smaller, TAM, more niche uh, deals where you can invest and you can still make very good revenues, very good, uh, you know, build very good businesses except that there are certain dynamics that are a bit different, right? They have to be built more capital efficiently. You can, mm -hmm. you know, let's say build for a million, two million, five million, and sell for somewhere between, you know, 15 to 30 million, or build for five to 10 million, yeah, sell for 50, 60 million. Are these acceptable deals for for you and for some of your compatriots? Um, I'd say yes. Um, looking back to our own history, our first fund back in 2011, that was a 10 million small boutique. Yeah. So running such a small fund, um, you um, t of course typically do those deals. And, and, and still we, we stuck with um, our plan to uh, to have entry tickets of uh, 500k, and if that grows tenfold, there's no further dilution. Probably one additional round where you keep your pro rata and, and, and put in another half a million, uh, and then that such a company sells for in the bracket of 25 to 50 million, that can still be a good deal. Um, however, of course, with a growing fund volume. Uh, to return the, the reward the, the, to, to, to your LPs uh, is, of course, getting a bit difficult. So you must have a very high quota of, of successful exits in, in that valuation bracket uh, to make the whole fund model work. 
But still, especially for speed invest, um, this is actually a, a line of uh, think, uh, thinking that we work along. Um, mm -hmm. Also, given in, uh, um, the, the fact that I would say like 80% like of all exits happen below 50 million enterprise value. Exactly. Um, and, exactly. that's, and, 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 and if, you're, if you read the news, you only get the, the, those big, the, the, the billion dollar stories. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the other space is totally overlooked. Um, and um, if, again, if we can help the entrepreneur, we, we, we run a small M&A team in our fund um, mm -hmm. that uh, also works um, alongside the, the investment managers team, just monitoring the portfolio and seeing who is probably developing in a way where it's probably um, organic growth, uh, cash flow positive, um, doing kind of 10, 20 million revenue a year and then very targeted look for uh, potential exit partners. However, if you do such exits, uh, it's very helpful if they come very early in time. Uh, yeah. So holding such a company for like eight to 10 years and then doing a 20 to 50 million exit, still better than a write-off um, for all parties involved. Um, and still we see this as our own responsibility uh, towards the entrepreneur. Uh, because he opens up to us, he takes us as a shareholding to his company, he has the right to expect contribution. Um, and uh, this is our day-to-day -day business, raising funds and, 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 and structuring M&A. To the entrepreneur, yeah. this is a once in an entrepreneurial lifetime experience. Uh, to us is, uh, I don't know, I have like 10 companies concurrently that I fundraise for at the moment. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, we go after these deals. Um, uh, however, it, it would help a lot if the uh, so these are going to not be financial exits to PE companies. These are strategic buyers then coming in and, and, and that space that is just that is just opening up uh, to acquiring startups at a larger scale in Europe. Yeah, and that's okay. a, it, it's an extremely good sign to see. Yeah. Okay. Are you based in Vienna? Me, myself, now, yes. And is there uh, entrepreneurial activity in Vienna, in the city? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, we are uh, hosted here in, in, in a large uh, co-working space yeah. um, where we are a, 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 a permanent, um, on a permanent, uh, renting a, on, an office on, on a permanent basis. We, uh, in, the, in the floor below us, they, they run acceleration programs. It's three batches a year. Um, okay. There's a lot of lot of things going on. Um, I said in our portfolio, um, historically still a third of, of, of the complete headcount uh, is Austrian entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Of course, this is um, shrinking uh, as the portfolio grows and we increasingly source from other parts of Europe. But there are good entrepreneurial stories coming out of Austria uh, and of course also in the, in the wider um, aspect of the region, say Central and Eastern Europe. Super yeah. cost efficient. Uh, an engineer over here costs a third than what he costs in the valley and can do the same. So $1 investment gets you three times the runway that he buys in the, in, in the valley. And it's yeah. super, super cost and capi capital efficient. Um, a public grant system is 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 is, is very attractive, um, and, and this makes up a bit for 
probably the corporate space uh, not being so active yet, but we are working towards that this um, uh, this would change. So uh, we are we're right. totally happy here. We, we we could not imagine having built speed invest anywhere else. Very good, excellent, wonderful conversation. We have uh, we have a lot of stuff going on in Europe. I don't know if you saw we uh, announced last quarter, I think, a partnership with EIT Health, the European Institute of Innovation and Technology yeah. and their health, digital health program. And, uh, and at this point, it's our program and their program is getting very deeply integrated. So, um, and we have a lot of European companies in our portfolio. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is totally exciting. So, so, so digital health, e-health, whatever you name it, is, is one of the emerging topics that we increasingly yeah. look at. We have probably a tenth of our portfolio is already in e-health. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. So uh, that is an excellent introduction, uh, Daniel. We look forward to doing some more work with you uh, now that we have had a chance to uh, touch base and, and get acquainted.